Hey everyone, my name is James and you are listening to the Captain's Corner. So uh, yeah, this is my first podcast. Uh, a little nervous, but I'll get better at it. I just seen a lot of people making podcasts, so I figured I'd do it myself. Why not? Got a lot of extra time on my hands and maybe can have a little fun with it. You know what I mean? So just a little bit of back story about myself. Uh, obviously, my name's James. I've uh, been in the Army for about 10 years, about to get out, go on, do some bigger, better things in life. Um, use my experience from the Army to make myself a better, per- better person, you know what I mean? And uh, to grow, basically. Um, I'm from Alabama. Born in Tech, Houston, Texas, raised in Alabama. So today we're going to be talking about a little bit about football. Football season's right around the corner. I can't wait. I'm an Alabama fan, huge Alabama fan. Like I said, I was born in Texas, but I was raised in Alabama for most of my life. So quickly I became an Alabama fan. I love Alabama. I was there when they sucked, when we got beat seven years in a row in the Iron Bowl by Auburn. Uh, my older sister always reminded me that. She's an Auburn fan. Always made my life miserable during the Iron Bowl weekend. But luckily, old Nick Saban has turned that all around for us. We're not... We're not uh, as bad anymore. Pretty actually, pretty good. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of people in college football talk shit about Alabama. Talking about their week, they always say we have an easy schedule and all that stuff. But they, I don't think they realize SEC is probably the best conference. In, well, I wouldn't say probably is the best college of conference. Football. Sorry, best conference in college football, in my opinion. Maybe a little biased because I'm an SEC fan. I don't know. It's just different. I watch other football games from other conferences. It doesn't seem the intensity doesn't seem to be the same to me. And obviously, it's been shown the past what ten years, ten fifteen years, the SEC has dominated the national championship. Well, I wouldn't say dominated. There's been some close games, but we've brought home like since two thousand nine national championships to the SEC, which doesn't seem too impressive. There's ten more out there we didn't get, but. You know, every every conference has got their off years. But yeah, I, lo- I love Alabama football. Nick Saban is an amazing college football coach. You know, he had one one. He won a uh, national championship with LSU. Coached, you know, Toledo. Coached Michigan State. But he's been around the college football league. Uh, you know, he did a stint in NFL. It wasn't wasn't too good. He obviously didn't have a great team to coach either, with the Dolphins. But came back to college football. And uh, luckily, Alabama got him. And he's just been amazing since Alabama's had him. I think everyone can agree. He's like, his record's 146 wins and 21 losses, five national championships, six SEC championships. He's been to 14 bowl games in his career at Alabama, won 10 of them. It's a pretty good record. Uh, Coached Alabama's first Heisman Trophy winner, Mark Ingram, which is pretty impressive. Because Alabama's definitely had some players graduate and, you know, go into the pros and just do great things. Um, but, yeah, quarterbacks from Alabama lately in the draft haven't been – or in the NFL haven't been doing too great. A.J. McCarron, I'm kind of kind of disappointed the way his NFL careers went. But, you know, he was a great college quarterback. Sometimes it just doesn't translate to the NFL, unfortunately. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying, like – more is expected of him. Like people expected more out of him in the NFL, but he'll get his chance. He'll get his chance definitely. He sat behind Andy Dalton for a while, and Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. 
But yeah, the, the running backs from Alabama, the defensive players from Alabama that's been drafted in the last five, six years are are really making names for themselves, you know. Landon Collins, Haha Clinton Dix, Javier Arenas, um, Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, Dante Hightower has won like, what, I think three Super Bowls with the Patriots since he's been in the league, maybe more. Not exactly sure on that one. Just thinking of some names, uh, thinking of some names of players off the top of my head. Uh, Thomason for the Giants, which is my pro team, my favorite pro team. But we'll get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. But yeah, uh, it's my first podcast, so still trying to um, relax a little bit, a little nervous. You know what I mean? But it'll get better. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, college football starts, well, starts this weekend. Florida playing Miami, I think, is the first game. And hopefully Florida can pull that off for the SEC, help us uh, start the season off right. And Alabama starts with Duke on the 31st. Not a real strong opening game, but it's whatever. We're going to have a tough seat about late season, going mid to late, going through our SEC portion of the schedule and hopefully end up in Atlanta at the SEC championship this year and then obviously the ultimate goals of win the national title and take and, 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 and get our revenge on Clemson for just straight oh my god just straight it was bad never seen a Nick Saban defense just owned that way especially by a freshman quarterback like oh my god they were just putting in work like the defense was mentally and physically just dominated it was bad. It was embarrassing for them, I bet. For me, I was really brokenhearted. But hopefully the season doesn't go this way, that way, in that way again. But, yeah, I can't wait for college football. I love college football more than I love professional football. More intensity, I think. The players are fighting for more. They want to, you know, get to that next level, impress those NFL scouts. Once you get in the NFL – Unfortunately for players, it's basically all about money. Yeah, they say they want to win, but they want those contracts. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they worked their whole life to get there and to, to achieve their dream. And then if you know you're a good player, obviously you're going to want to ask for as much money as you can get. No no really blame there. It just takes the intensity down for me a little bit. I feel like that's, I don't know. There's some good games in the NFL, but college football is more better. Is better than me. Better to me. But yeah, the Giants ready for the season. Uh, a few rough seasons, about two bad seasons in a row. Definitely been rough to be a Giants fan. Obviously, the nice addition last year was Quan Barkley, and uh, Daniel Jones isn't looking too bad in preseason. But that being said, it is preseason. It's not. You really can't judge teams off preseason, in my opinion. Going into the into the regular season. That's the time to get your young guys out there, get some uh, playing time against other young guys, all fighting for a job. But he showed promise. He showed he showed some promise. I think his first game he was six and I think he went six for six with a touchdown. I don't remember how many yards. But yeah, but I'm a huge oh, Eli fan. Hopefully Daniel Jones sits the bench, sits on the bench all year. Let Eli. Apparently, 
you know, the Giants organization is saying that uh, we got a real rebuilt offensive line this year, which is definitely a plus since last year Eli was number six on the most sacked quarterbacks list. I don't know. Here, I think I have it on my phone. Let me look. Yeah, last year the most sacked quarterback was Deshaun Watson, 65. Dak Prescott, 58. Russell Wilson, 52. Derek Carr, 51. Aaron Rodgers, 49. And old Eli Manning with 47 sacks. Last couple years, he definitely has not had a great offensive line. He always either he's got to be one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the league. Obviously, he's top ten for getting sacked. But that man has not had a lot of time to throw. His passing, he had a better passing uh, season last year. Uh, got a few some receivers, some good receivers. Um, Lost OBJ. A lot of people didn't like OBJ, but I did. I mean, I think he's a great receiver. Obviously, there's no denying that. He's a good receiver. And, yeah, he had a personality issue, but he was frustrated on a, on a, on a, on a bad team, thinking he can do better. Well, he wanted to be on a better team to win more games. But you can't, really can't blame him on that. I mean, he's a star. He's a star, and he wants to play... He wants to play for a team that's going to get him there. And now he's at the Browns, which are loaded on offense this season. Just ridiculous amount of talent. Mayfield, obviously. Um, who else? Landry, Nick Chubb, OBJ. I can't pronounce the name of their tight end's name. Which is how you say it. I can't remember, but they got a stud at tight end. Oh, my God. They're going to be so nasty on offense this year. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch, definitely. But uh, yeah, I can't wait for football season. My favorite time of the year, favorite time of the year. I will definitely be watching that those first few games this weekend. I watch as many games as I can. College, NFL. I got the Sunday pass. It's just awesome. Got my uh, fantasy draft this weekend. Not with this weekend, that's a lie. Friday at like 2 in the afternoon. It's a random time, but that uh, hopefully I get a good team. Last few years hasn't been kind to me in fantasy. Uh, year before last, I was dead last in my league. And then, well, this past season, I was like fifth, I think, in my league. Obviously, it's not the goal to win the game, win the, win the, win the league. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Uh, just here at work on my lunch break. I already ate lunch, so I'm just I figured, hey, why not give this uh, podcasting a try? I see a lot of people doing it. I have a couple friends who do it, and I love watching and listening to all the Joe Rogan Experience podcasts, especially Neil Ta- Neil deGrasse Tyson. I love that dude. He's a genius. Like I've watched, he was on um, Joe Rogan's podcast three times I think and I've seen two of them and I've enjoyed either, both of them one's like a three hour podcast others like four um, when I'm at work I usually listen to it on the app I forget the name of the podcast app while I'm at home I definitely watch the Joe Rogan experience on YouTube to watch the whole episode just really cool like I love, I like his podcasts he has a lot of interesting people on there I watched one yesterday 
with uh, uh, Bob Lazar and some Jerry guy, Jeremy, Jeremy guy. I don't remember his last name, but Bob Lazar. And uh, it was pretty interesting to hear his story. I mean, obviously I heard it before, but to hear him say it himself, it really didn't on the, on the, on the YouTube video. It didn't look like he wanted to be there, and it didn't seem like he wanted to be there. So, and he said it. He said they had to convince him to do it. But it's pretty cool, like, all that stuff he talked about, like anti-gravity propulsion systems for spacecraft, alien spacecraft. It's just cool to know that, obviously, obviously, he may be telling the truth, he may be lying. Who knows? Like, in the video, if I was a skeptic watching it, he really didn't seem, like, confident or didn't even portray a very confident, like, um, persona, like... I don't know. He, if I was a skeptic, he definitely didn't seem believable. But me personally, I like to believe in stuff like that. I like to think we're not the only things in this universe. And if we are, that's very disappointing. Because, I don't know, I like conspiracy theories. I'm not saying I believe them all. There are some I believe. But then there's some that I just like to think about. And like, oh, that'd be cool if that's right. Um... But yeah, like, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the, the Mandela effect. That's, that's a pretty cool thing to, to uh, research. The Nelson, it's, it's named the Mandela effect after Nelson Mandela. Because, you know, people th- like, so it's basically, how, how do I explain this? He's the best way I know how to explain it. So the theory is it's like there's two timelines and every now and then they'll kind of brush up against each other. And so, like, we're experiencing or remembering experiences from another timeline. Because so the, why it's called the Mandela Effect is because a lot of people remember Nelson, Nelson Mandela dying in prison in, like, the 90s, I believe. But then he died in 2000. And I can't remember the exact date, 2000. I think it's, like, 2008. I may be wrong. I'm not looking at it right now. Actually, let me look it up. But, yeah. And people, when he died, people are like, wait a minute. He died back in like the 90s I think it was we remember him dying in prison and it being a thing on on TV like his funeral procession and stuff sorry I'm looking it up right now yeah no sorry 2013 December 5th 2013 wait a minute Yeah, December 5th, 2013, he died. But then people... think or remember him dying a long time ago, long before this even happened. So that's why I call it the Mandela Effect. And there's like a bunch of other examples of the Mandela Effect, like... Um, um, the Bernstein Bears being spelled differently. You guys can look this up. It's very easy. Um, or some other things. Like I said, this is my first podcast. So I'm kind of like spitballing. I had a bunch of ideas written down, but I'll do... Well, they, a lot of people remember her dying. Remember him dying in the 80s, not the 90s. I was wrong. But um, this is my first podcast, so I'm kind of... I had some stuff written down, but I figured might as well just spitball it the first time. You know what I mean? 
I like so like some examples is like a lot of people remember Jif peanut butter being named Jiffy, but it's uh, not Jiffy. It's just Jif. The Bernstein Bears, the spelling of that. Curious George. Um, tail. Doesn't have a tail. It's mostly like spelling of stuff. You know what I mean? But it's 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 just cool to remember to like look this stuff up, like the Monopoly Man not having a monocle, or Pikachu's tail not being the end of his tail not being black. But it's just cool to look at look at this stuff. To me, I'm interested in it. Uh, yeah. Those I just believe in stuff. Uh, well, I, I like to read into much stuff like this. I do believe some theories. But we'll, on other episodes, we'll talk about that. If I keep doing this, because we'll see how it goes. See how... I'm not expecting to get a bunch of listeners or or subscribers or whatever you call it off this the first time, first few times. Because it's not easy just to get your name out there. But it's something I wanted to do. Try it, say I did it. And I have a lot of free time on my hand when I'm out of work. Which is kind of a plus. A lot of stress relief. Because it's definitely not easy being in the Army. But, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about football. The Mandela Effect. I just like conspiracies. I like to read them. Just to, like, be objective. Like, well, I can see how they think that's right. Like, how that's true. I can I can see how they believe it. Not saying I do, but I can see it. Like, what was that? The what is that? The uh, I was reading one the other day that I actually seen on the Joe Rogan Experience. Oh, Operation North Operation Northwoods. Basically, for everyone who doesn't know what that is, which I didn't hear about it until. I watched an episode of Joe Rogan's podcast with uh, Eddie Bravo and um, Alex Jones. But Operation Northwinds is um, when President Kennedy Kennedy was president. A bunch of his, bunch of the generals and Secretary of Defense and everyone came up with this plan to. Uh, they want to basically want to start a war with Cuba. So what they're going to do is do a bunch of false flag operations saying Cuba did it, like uh, blowing up an airline with uh, Americans on board as it flew over Cuba. But they were going to have two planes, right? So one was going to be a plane actually taking off from the airport with the people in it. Like the, I think it was like college students. With college college students in it. So that one would obviously leave. And then they have a decoy, a drone-operated plane same exact size, same numbers and all that stuff, like flight numbers and everything. So they were going to fly the drone aircraft over Cuba and then explode it with a remote detonated explosive, blame that on Cuba. But the plane with the um, college students would have landed at some base somewhere, which doesn't say. And who knows what would have happened to them. So when I do that, they wanted to... Um, um, 
hire people. Hold on, let me look at it. It's like invade Guantanamo Bay, like not like take it over, but attack it and have fake Cubans, basically like I can't remember if it was soldiers. But like, all right, so I'm looking at the declassified documents and the thing literally says, a series of well-coordinated incidents will be planned to take place in and around Guantanamo to give genuine appearances of being done by hostile Cuban forces. So this is about the attack on, um, what they planned on attacking Guantanamo. So first step, start rumors, many use clandestine clandestine radios land friendly Cubans in uniform over the fence to stage attack on the base capture Cuban so this is step 3 step 2 is land friendly Cubans step 3 capture Cuban friendly saboteurs inside the base so capture capture their basically their actors it doesn't say who would be the friendlies pretending to be the Cubans if it did I haven't seen it yet start a riot near the base main gate using friendly Cubans that's literally what it says in parentheses Step five, blow up ammunition inside the base, start fires. Step six, burn aircraft on airbase, sabotage. Lob mortar shells from the outside the base and into the base. Capture assault teams approaching from the sea vicinity, Guantanamo City. So basically, capture fake Cuban um, forces. Capture a militia group with which storms base. Sabotage ship in the harbor, large fires, and sink a ship near the harbor entrance. Conduct funerals for mock victims. That's just crazy. Like the the. That's just like there's a there's a declassified page, like pages of this operation, that was approved by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the uh, Secretary of Defense to like start a war with Cuba. And which makes you think, like, if the government did that back then, um, and that's true, they really did that to start a war. Why wouldn't they do that with 9-11? You know what I mean? Like, they've already been caught with proof, like, proof, saying they were planning on faking actions, false flag operations, to start a war with Cuba. Why wouldn't they do that with the Middle East? That makes you think. That makes me think anyway. I know there's a lot of people are like, no, 9-11 wasn't an inside job. America, um, terrorists did it. But, you know, maybe right. Maybe right. And then you have the theorists like, no. The theorists have, in my opinion, a lot of, well, not in my opinion. They have a lot of, um, um, what's what I'm looking for? What the theorists believe or the theorists say are facts like, and there's so so many inconsistencies. Like, obviously, everyone knows. Like, when a plane, or by now, everyone should know that a plane, when it hit the building that high, wouldn't make it collapse from the ground floor in. So obviously, there's the theory. There's people saying they heard multiple explosions, and the way the buildings collapsed was a controlled demolition. Other buildings like that, when they collapse, it's a, they video proof controlled demolitions. Like, you see videos of buildings being demolished. And that's how the towers collapse. Like, they just collapsed in on themselves, basically imploded. And you have the people saying they heard explosions and... and Oh, the Pentagon. 
I can't remember which wing of the Pentagon got hit, but like, I'm on the fence. Like, I don't want to believe the government wouldn't intentionally do that to get us into a war over oil or or stuff like that. But my other my other thought process, like, fuck yeah, they would. Like, I definitely believe people in power would. They want more money. Like, people with money always want more money. People with power always want more power. And, and what's the easiest way to get America into a war? Attack them. Or, like, attack them. Like, World War II, Pearl Harbor. Like, unify the nation, and the nation's like, give us fuck, give us blood. Whoever hurt us, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hurt them tenfold. You know what I mean? And, and, and obviously, in, to end World War Two, America just mm, did Japan dirty. But it had to be done. It was pretty cool being stationed in Hawaii. I actually got to go on the ship, on the warship that they signed the treaty. That Japan signed the treaty. Um, I can't remember what it's called. This has been a few years ago. Like I said, I didn't do any research before this episode, so I don't have all these facts written down, but I know it's true. I just don't remember the name of the boat, the date, the name of the treaty. But it's cool. Like we, had a, we had a soldier who re-enlisted on that boat or ship, whatever the Navy calls them. While we were in Hawaii. So it was pretty cool. We got to see the actual tree. Um, pictures of the day. Like of the Japan surrendering. But it was pretty cool being stationed in Hawaii. Like the base I was on Schofield Barracks. You can uh, still see bullet holes in buildings. From where the Japanese flew over. Over Schofield. And attacked Wheeler Army Airfield. Before they went to um, Port Harbor, or simultaneously, I can't remember. But yeah, so like when the Jap- Japanese were flying over Schofield, the soldiers got on the barracks, top of barracks buildings, like three three floor buildings, on the roof, and were returning fire, like engaging these planes. And there's bullet holes still in the buildings from where the planes were firing on the soldiers. And in Hawaii, they don't. Like, the buildings still look like they did back back then in the 40s. Like, it's historical, so the only renovations they do to buildings there, especially the buildings that have, like, um, bullet holes and stuff like that or, or damage from World War II, they just do renovations on the inside. So they'll shut down the building and, and, and remodel the inside of the building. They won't touch the outside, which is cool, preserving history. I like history. History, history is awesome. It's, like... Don't remember who quoted this, but um, what was I gonna say? Oh man, I forgot what I was gonna say. I forgot what I was gonna say. But yeah, history—you need to learn from history. That's why I think it's important. Everyone thinks it's important, obviously. History is important. Like if you if you don't learn from history, you don't read the lessons from history. You're doomed to repeat yourself. I'm rambling, and this is gonna be dumb. I know. This is my first try. Next time, I'll definitely prepare better. But I was just at work. Got through with some some business. I had to do at work on my lunch break. I was like, might as well just start. Might as well go for it. Might as well do it. Don't keep waiting and putting it off because I've been thinking about doing this for a couple days. And I was like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I get home, shower, eat, play a little PlayStation, 
watch some TV, fall asleep, and repeat the next day. But uh, I'm glad I took this first step to get the nerves out of the way. Because even though I'm here by myself, talking on an app on a phone so you can't see me, it's still nervous a little bit. I'm not really, I wouldn't say I'm an uh, introvert, but I'm not going to... I usually... Well, maybe de- technically I am because I don't go out of my way to talk to people. But yeah, um, football season, I can't wait. I love football. And uh, diehard Alabama fan. Diehard Jets fan. Oh, uh, sorry, Giants fan. Wow, I shouldn't be a Giants fan after I just said Jets. Wow. What a, what a dumb thing to say. But yeah, I, I, I just seen some pod. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Well, not a lot, some mostly mostly, uh, mostly the Joe Rogan Experience and uh, the Rich, Rich Eisen Show NFL um, podcast. But yeah, excited for football season. Um. I don't know. So I don't know what I'll talk about next time. Obviously, there's a lot I could talk about, and obviously I can be more prepared. Hopefully, I don't get judged too harshly off of this. But um, hopefully, give me some feedback. Like if if, if I mess some dates up or I'm wrong in what I was saying because I was just spitballing, like going off of my memory. Uh, let me know. Just tell me. I mean, I'm not afraid of criticism or being corrected if I'm wrong. Uh, no one's perfect. Everyone messes up. Or if it's just shitty quality, quality um, recording, I'm going to listen to it. See if I can understand what I say. And, uh, yeah. So next time, I'll be more prepared and have a better show. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks uh, for taking your time, your 30-plus minutes out of your day if you listen to the whole thing and gave me that shot thank you oh i was gonna talk about this the captain's corner the name of my show my podcast not show so it's real it's so how it came up me and my friends when i was stationed why we're in the field right doing some training we had some downtime in between training so it was me and my platoon we're just chilling in our patrol base eating you know changing socks doing whatever we need to do i don't remember everything we're doing but we're sitting there like, hey, what if we, our platoon, was a ship crew? What would each person's um, position on that ship be? And it's it's a little hard to explain. It's not as funny because everyone doesn't know all the all my friends. Like, everyone doesn't know the characters, you know what I mean? Like, the, the people behind the roles. But we were, it was funny. It was just fun. Like, that's one thing I'm going to miss about the Army when I get out is just the brotherhood. I know that sounds corny, but it's true. That's true, especially infantry is what I do. When you go, when you go to the field with guys a lot, and you spend a lot of your time there, and you guys suck together like miserable field problems, tough, rough, hard field problems, you get really close. But yeah, anyway, let me let me get past that little sappy stuff. But yeah, we were talking about like what positions would we be, and I was like, I, I was talking to my friends. So I was like, I would definitely be the captain, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we could see that. Um. Because in the field, they let us grow beer, uh, mustaches, and I had the best one. Not to brag, but whatever. But yeah, everyone's like, 
laughing, calling, talking about people who would work, clean the poop deck. But yeah, it was fun. That's where it comes from. Just a, one of my many army stories of a bunch of friends bored in the field. Just a random question. Hey, who would be what on the ship crew? It was fun. Like That's what I miss about the army. All the, I mean, obviously, I'm gonna, there's a lot I'm not going to miss. The early mornings, the um, running six miles to start your your work day at f- 6.30 in the morning after you woke up at 5 o'clock just to get to work on time. I'm not going to miss that because I'm a fat boy. I'm like, I like to eat. I like, when I'm at home, I like to drink beer, be lazy because work is enough. Work wears me out enough. But, yeah, the captain's qu- – oh, so – I have a cap, a hat. We went to Australia, right? And I bought this uh, Ed Hurley, Ed Hurley, Harley, Hurley hat. It says the captain on it. I was like, oh, look, I'm the captain. So we walked, we were there, and like we did, when we went to Australia, I was there for like three months for training deployment, like bridge building, not bridge building, that's the wrong word, like building camaraderie between the American Army and the, and the Australian Army. We're just doing training over there. Nothing crazy, but like we're there. In the, we got there. We're in the field for two weeks, so we're doing field training, and then we went back to Gallipoli Barracks at Brisbane, and we would get to go out on the weekends, like after duty days. They let us go out in Brisbane and explore, and a bunch of my friends were like, "We don't want to tell." Like we're like going out down to like bars and clubs like that. We're like, "We don't want to tell these tall girls or or women." Sorry, excuse me, women. That we're in the American Army. Let's make up some crazy stories, which is probably fucked up, lying. But whatever, it was fun. fun. We're like, all right, so this is what we're gonna say. We're gonna say we're all a bunch of what bunch of uh, um, guys that work in this this um, club called the Captain's Corner down in I think it was Miami. We said we were from Miami. Like, yeah, we're all gonna say we work in the, this club called the Captain's Corner. And obviously, I was a club owner because I had the hat that said the captain. And we're like, yeah, we're here in Australia. Our buddy's getting married. We're just out here having a one, you know, one last little hoorahs with all the boys before he gets married. So it's just pretty cool. A lot of a lot of uh, women bought it. Bought it. A bunch of my friends. It was a good time. It was a good time. We had a good time in Australia, spreading our ridiculous um, nightclub. I'm not gonna say lie. But I'm going to say story, fib, stretching the truth. But, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, give me feedback, please, if you listen to this. Tell me how it can be better. It's obviously not easy by yourself doing this because podcasts inv- involve conversation. It's easier with, like, to con- converse with another person because you can just feed off each other and talk about subjects. But, yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, sign off. Thanks for listening to Captain's Corner, and I hope to see you guys next time.